and welcome to the Beloved Podcast. I'm here with Debbie Singh and Lena Hopton. My name is Kishek and we are going to jump right in to um, talking about the Word of God and the importance it has in our lives. So Lena, you want to start us off by telling us why it is so important. Right, well let's go to the Bible to tell us how important the Bible <laughs> is. Ah! <laughs> All right, so 1 Timothy 4.1. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So we see from this scripture that having a knowledge of the Word of God is going to be really important. So the knowledge and the application of the Word of God is our weapon and defense against deception. Now let me repeat that statement. So the knowledge of and the application of the word of God is our weapon and defense against deception. Okay, so the knowledge, we need to have a good thorough understanding of the word. We need to have awareness of it. We need to have familiarity with the word of God. And the application is that we actually put it into practical use. We put it into operation. Okay, so the knowledge of the word alone is not enough. We need to have that awareness of familiarity that is gained by experience of putting the word into action. So we must not only hear the word, but we need to also obey the word of God. Okay, so if we're not familiar with the word of God through hearing it and living it out in our lives, we leave ourselves open to deception. Now, girls, is there anything else you want to add? I think you pretty much summed it up there, right there. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So it is absolutely crucial that we understand the word of God and how to correctly handle it. Now, our key verse for this series on looking at the word of God is Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13. All right. So I'll just read it in the Amplified. For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. And not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open and exposed, and revealed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give account." All right, so we're going to spend time going through these two verses, talking about how the Word of God works in us, why Scripture says it's alive and active. But first we're going to talk about what the Word is God to us, the Word of God as our foundation, okay? And what we need to think about is what place does the Word of God have in our own life? And we're going to be including some material from Derek Prince in our discussion of these two points. So... Um, one, one quote from um, Derek Prince when we're thinking about what is the word of God to us. So his quote is, The Bible is the word of God and Christ is the word of God. Each alike is a divine, authoritative, perfect revelation of God. Each agrees perfectly with the other. The Bible reveals, sorry, the Bible perfectly reveals Christ. Christ perfectly reveals the Bible. The Bible is the written word of God Christ is the personal word of God. Before his incarnation, Christ was the eternal word with the Father. In his, in his incarnation, 
Christ is the word made flesh. The same Holy Spirit that reveals God through his written word also reveals God in the word made flesh. Jesus of Nazareth, sorry, in flesh, Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus, sorry, if Christ is in, in this sense perfectly one with the Bible, then it follows that the relationship of the believer to the Bible must be the same as his relationship to Christ. Also in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 14 says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And in Revelation 19, 13, it says, He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. So, what are what are our thoughts or what are your thoughts and I'll weigh in as well <laughs> about in light of those scriptures about um, the last statement from Derek Prince's quote is if Christ is in this sense perfectly one with the Bible then it follows that the relationship of the believer to the Bible must be the same as his relationship to Christ I personally found it really interesting because <laughs> it was very confronting when you think about the two being, I mean, we kind of already knew that. Well, I kind of already knew that, but just to see, to put them on the same scale and to see that they're equal. You know? um, to say that you have Jesus Christ as king is kind of like the first step to becoming a Christian, to becoming a disciple. And, um, you know, making him the Lord of your life, but not opening the Bible is like giving only a part of yourself. Mm. to him Mm. um so you're really making that declaration with all you are when you're getting into the word and you're reading about who he is and you know you've given your life over to him and then you're applying that word to your life and when you do that with the understanding that the word of god is jesus and the bible it you know you're giving your whole self Mm. to the whole process and you're you know, you're doing what God meant for us to do and being obedient to what, you know, he wanted us to do. Um, yeah, I think it's really important to understand that Bible and Christ's work hand in hand. So Derek Prince, he says that the Bible perfectly reveals Christ. Christ perfectly fulfills the Bible. So if Christ is perfectly one with the Bible... As you say, Crystal, how we view the Bible reveals really how we view Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, So our relationship to the Bible must be the same as our relationship with Christ. Can't neglect the word of God and then expect to have deep fellowship with God. Mm. It's just, it's not going to happen. So, you know, you see that our love for God is really measured by how much we love the word, by how much we're willing to hear and apply it. That's, you know true measure of our love for God you know if we're just pursuing our relationship with God I remember when I was a young Christian that I really focused for a long time on that experience of God focusing on hearing from God praying to God you know praising him being in the spirit right Mm -hmm. and these are I'm not saying that these are wrong that these are bad things Mm -hmm. but I neglected the word Mm -hmm which meant I was out of balance. 
you know, if we don't, if we neglect the word and try to focus on the experience of God, we will be out of balance. We will be out of correct relationship with God and we leave ourselves open to balance, uh, open to deception. So it's really important um, that we don't neglect the word, that we are hearers and doers of the word. Mm. And also, like, how will you get to know who Jesus really is? How will you get to know what God's plan is for your life if you're not opening the word as well, you know? Mm. Um, and you, you won't be able to give your whole heart properly yeah. without going deeper into who he is and opening that relationship up with him. Mm. Or even obeying him. Like in John 14, verse 23, it says, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Um, and there's some facts in that that um, one is obeying God's word is what distinguishes us as a disciple from the rest of the world. What does that mean to you guys? Well, I, I, I took it down to, you know, two different types of Christian. You know, there's a follower who just follows, who, you know, follows someone who's talking about Jesus or, you know, all of that sort of thing. True disciples really follow him. Um, they follow him first, but then they mature into disciples as they get to know him through the word and doing what it says and working towards that final goal of being with him. Mm. Um, and in the in the end, it's that growing relationship with him. Mm. Um, yeah, really. There should be a distinct difference between a true disciple of God. And an unbeliever, so a person of the world. You know, it should be the difference between day and night, mm. black and white, really. You know, if our flesh, that sinful nature that we're born with, it is hostile to God. It's actively working against God. It's like putting, like, the wrong ends of a magnet together and they just, like, repel each other, mm. they push away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so an unbeliever who walks by the desires of the flesh, their father is the devil, should look different to a true disciple who walks by the Spirit and whose Father is the Lord. Mm. And if you look at Galatians 5 and it talks about the acts of the flesh, sexual immorality, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, selfish ambition, you know, lists many others, that is what the life of an unbeliever looks mm. like. But those who are true disciples, who walk by the Spirit, who hear and obey the Word of God, they will look like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So our obedience to God's word transforms us to be more and more like Christ. We are set apart from the world. And if you can't tell the difference between a Christian and an unbeliever, then you really need to question what's gone wrong because something has gone very, very wrong. Yeah, that's so true. And I think, you know, like I was when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, we we do need to stand out. And as the world is, the moral compass of the world is just getting more and more skewed, we're going to stand out more and more. Mm. But we need to make sure that we're fully standing on God's word because otherwise we're just going to go the way of everybody okay. else yeah. and our moral compass will be skewed as well. Um Obeying God's word is the test of our love and the cause of God's favour towards us. 
I was like, whoa, the test of our love and the cause of favor. And it's just gotten real serious. Well, now. I was like, I, my immediate thinking was like, what? You mean we don't have God's favor automatically? You know, a lot. I'm not that I ever believe that. The other girls are looking at me like, what? You didn't seriously have pastor say. But no, but how often do you, I know I've got friends who are Christians who, you know, they're like, they've said to me, you know, you need to pray God's favor over your life. And, you know, we do. But at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, God's going to give you favor because you're one of his. It's like, well, Hang on. no, There's no, 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 no. Back up, yeah, yeah. back up the train there. It's the test of our love. Yeah. And how much are we willing to fully obey God's word is truly a test. Mm. Um, and then we'll have the favor. Like, so there's a test and then, you know, if you pass, <laughs> then you'll get the favor. <laughs> yeah. And um, And we all want God's favor. And I know many of us ask for it, but we aren't obeying his word. So I kind of feel like what right do I have to ask for God's favour if I'm not yeah. obeying his word yeah. fully? That's, that's what I think, yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, many people in the world, they're not Christian, but when trials come, they seem to turn and blame God. Mm. Or like, why, God, has this happened to me? Why didn't you protect me? But... They're refusing to live within the boundaries that God says, if you do this, you will be okay. If you follow me, if you obey me, yeah. this, you know, you will have my blessing and favor. And that doesn't mean, of course, no trials. Oh, no. <laughs> well, how are you going to get it tested if there's no trials? <laughs> um, you know, but to expect God's blessing upon your life when you're not obeying him is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I took it a, a slight, slightly differently um, where um, his favour to me means that we're adopted into his family. Mm. So I put it down to if I give my child an instruction mm. and they do it, then I am pleased with them. Yep. And they may get, for example, you must sit there and eat your dinner because we have a lot of fight over dinner. If they don't eat their dinner, they don't then get the favour, which is the reward of being my son and daughter, you get dessert. <laughs> um, and, you know, if they don't, yeah, they don't get it, you know, they have their issue and, and whatever and they try and sneak it or, or whatever. <laughs> but with God, it, it's so much more than just that. You know, it's it's that... I want him to smile at me. Mm. You know, I want I want his praise because I am his daughter and I want to work towards what he wants for me. Yeah. And you know, I see that in my children. I want I want them to have that same relationship with him. So I'm trying to you know, teach them to obey me and so they can obey him. And you know, that that favor that's so, there's so much more reward in just being his daughter or son, then, you know, getting dessert sort of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want him to be happy with me. I don't want that wrath. Mm. I have a really rational fear of God in my life and I want him to be happy with me. And that's when you're reading through his word and obeying what he's doing or what he's saying you need to do, that favor is there, 
and he is happy with you. And you know, sometimes I have fallen away and I've gone, well, whatever. But you can feel that turning away where he's mm. like, there's something in between us. Mm. He's still there and I'm still there, but there's this thing in between us. We can't speak to each other anymore. He's not smiling at me anymore. I can't see him. Mm. And I don't want that. Yeah. If you look at um, in John 14, Jesus emphasizes this point three times. He says in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. In verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Mm. In verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So mm. he's talking to the disciples and he emphasizes this point three times. Mm. It must be very important. <laughs> yep. You know, that that is the test of every disciple, whether we are willing to be obedient to God. Because we can't really say that we love God if we're unwilling to obey him. You know, that's how important is God to me? If God is truly Lord of our life, then we are consistently dealing with those sinful behaviors and attitude, choosing to set aside the flesh and walk by the spirit. We're choosing to be obedient um, and that, that is the test that we love God, that we're willing to put aside those, those sinful things and fleshly ways to obey him. Mm. Um, the third point that I had with this um, was the father and son come into our lives and establish their home with us through God's word. So I took that as... You know, the more we make room for God's word in our hearts, the more we make room for the Father and the Son. Mm. Um, I know for me, like, I'm guilty of, you know, pr spending a lot of time in prayer. Um, I mean, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> guilty. You're so terrible, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, like, I do... I, I spend a lot of time in prayer and as I go about my day, I'm praying and, you know, I can get very busy and caught up and, but I'm still, you know, talking to God. And so I found sometimes like I'll get to the end of like my day or even like sometimes the end of a couple of days or a week or something. And then I'm like, you know, I've been constantly talking to God, but I just don't feel right. And then I'm like, mm, I don't know that I've opened my Bible this <laughs> last couple of days. And I'm like, oh, okay. So since like actually having to, prepare for this I'm like okay I'm gonna get my bible out first thing yeah. do that and then spend the you know the time yeah. in prayer so yeah it it definitely it, I want to go oh well it, it balances everything up but it does it does do something in you you know like I know the times that I've opened up my bible and not just my bible app but my actual bible like things change you know yeah. in the spiritual you know that something's changed there but like making more room and time for God, I think it's really important. Like not just for in prayer, but in reading His Word, because like we're talking, that's how we're going to get it all into us. And yeah, hmm. um, yeah, it means that He'll be faithful and come through. You hmm. know, when when we, I know that for myself, when I have you know time by myself and I open my Bible and not my app, my Bible, and I actually read what he's saying to me, um, I find that my day tends to have this brightness to mm. it that, you know, where normally I could get frustrated with the children not getting ready for school or, 
you know, any of those things that as a you know, stay-at-home mum happens, I find that I'm not getting, I'm not so quick to get angry. I'm not so quick to, you know, yell at my children or um, we've talked about this before, you know, the dragon mum. I'm not that person. I'm not yelling at them to get out the door or stuff like that. Our day just te- seems to start smoother mm. and go smoother for the whole day and the whole atmosphere of my home is different when I've opened my Bible mm. for, you know, it can be five, ten minutes. That's all it takes. And, you know, I've been guilty of not doing that as well and just jumping up getting in the shower and just praying, you know, God help my day, you know, all those sorts of things. And we pray for our children and we, you know, make, you know, ask for provision for something or whatever. And I do, I talk to God during the day, but something just so much more alive and powerful when you open the word Mm. and you read from that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, If you look at, John 14, where this verse, um, verse 23, is previous to that. So, you know, before Jesus was saying, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So bef- before that, Jesus is talking to his disciples about what was about to happen to him. So he was speaking about his betrayal and his death and resurrection, and he was telling them that he was going away. They were going to have this new changed um, relationship with him. And obviously they didn't like that. I mean, we wouldn't like that. Um, They didn't want to accept this new change. And that's when Jesus tells them, you know, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Mm -hmm. Right. So we can see from this verse that if we obey the word of God, we will have an intimate relationship with the Lord you know, we see that through obedience, Jesus and the Father make their home in us so they abide in us. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. That's a promise from the Father to us that if we obey him, God not only He not only loves our obedience, mm. but he's also with us as a, his home. You know, he will come to us and be near to us. And you think about like your home, how important your home is to you is that that place where you're truly comfortable, you have the deepest intimacy there in your home. So I think that's really special. Yeah. Um, in 1 John 2, verses 3 to 6 in the NIV, it says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. The verses just read show us clearly why, as we said at the beginning, it is crucial that we have that knowledge of and that we apply the word of God to our lives. What do you reckon, girls? Like, for me, anyone can say anything, you know, um, we've all had experience with people in our lives who say that they're doing this one thing, but behind closed doors they are not who they say they are. And um, anybody can say, you know, 
I'm a vegetarian and when they're out at a, at a meal they're eating vegetarian food and they're um, you know weighing in on meatless options and, and things like that but then when they go home and their freezer is full of meat and they you know eat steak or they do whatever meat eaters do sort of thing it's about that behavior you know how we behave um, how we conduct ourselves that's the real us so how we go about our day how we show um, who God is in our life if he is as important as we say he is in our life as we go about our day people will notice mm. people will see the difference um, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before where a lady in the previous podcasts where a lady came to me one day and said how are you so calm and I was like I didn't think I was that calm I'm you know mum of five kids still run around with my head cut off like a chicken sometimes <laughs> but at the same time I have that peace of God that people recognize when I am fully in tune with what God has planned for me and you know if I'm completely living as I claim I am mm. you know sometimes when you fall away a little bit or you forget to open your Bible for a few days or you can really tell you can re the atmosphere of what's around you is off kilter mm. we don't want to be liars that's what yeah. I that was the yeah. first thing that I said I said we don't want to be liars um, without the truth in us um, and it's how we're assured of our eternal life with him if we're without God and not living in him a things go badly and mm -hmm. B we're then walking in sin mm -hmm. Therefore, separate, separate ourselves from him. Um, we have to, something that I learned years ago is that we have to attempt to live our lives as Jesus did. And yes, that means perfect lives. Mm -hmm. And whilst, uh, you know, I used to think, well, I, you know, I'm never going to be perfect this side of heaven, so why bother trying? Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I would read verses like in Matthew 5, 8, it talks about, you know, loving your enemies and things like that. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can do that. But the Bible, it does tell us, you know, that we have to be perfect as our Father in heaven um, is perfect. Sorry, that's where my loving the enemies comes in. When you read Matthew 5, when it's talking about loving your enemies. But um, in Matthew 5, verse 48, it does tell us that we have to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. And, you know, not that we will ever be able to be perfect this side of heaven. <laughs> you know but we've got to try you know we have to live the life that Jesus lived we've got to live the way that he lived and yes we're going to fail but we need to at least try you know it's it's again like you know you were saying with kids you know you you want them to do I mean we all know that they're not perfect either like they come from imperfect parents mm -hmm. um but you know you, you want them to live their life you know doing following the rules and all this sort of thing but they're going to slip up mm -hmm. we're all going to slip up at the time you know and doesn't mean that it's all over when they mm -hmm. do slip up but they're forgiven but if you know they try then eventually they'll get closer to being better at you know doing the right thing all the time and it's just like with us like you know the more we practice God's word and do what he says then the better we become at being 
good at that. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense, or more per- not more perfect, but does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I was just reading my notes going, is there anything <laughs> else that I, I went off, off, off my notes then? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, if we do not obey the commands of God, if we're not habitually focused on the word and, and obeying it, we show that we don't know God and we show that we don't love him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we are refusing, that's what we're doing. We're, we like to cloak it in like more acceptable language but we are refusing to be obedient and apply the word of god to our lives we can't call christ lord if we're refusing to obey him you know we are actually sitting in rebellion yeah that's that's the truth of it Mm. um you know we must know the word and apply it to our lives you know we need to be in habit of keeping the word and constantly applying it Applying that standard of the word to our lives, you know, repenting of our sin and choosing to walk according with the spirit. And that's how we demonstrate that we truly love God. Um, think of this in light of Matthew 7, 21 to 23. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. What are your thoughts, girls? Um, Sorry, I was just trying to... <laughs> it's a scary scripture, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's pretty full on. Like when you think about, you know, I don't know. I, it does, I, I constantly live my life thinking when it comes to Judgment Day, am, you know, am I going to pass? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, not am I going to pass, but, you know, I, that's how I live my life. I don't live my life thinking... Oh, what's that person? Well, I do sometimes think, what's that person thinking of me? But at the same time, I think, well, you know, I need to, I need to just not worry about what other people think, but what God thinks, and do mm. what He He wants me to do, and not what I want me to do, or what somebody else wants me to do, or what the world thinks that I should be doing. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> um, that. I've had a conversation actually with my parents um, who are non-Christian and, you know, my dad, he's a very giving man. He likes to give. He likes to, um, he'll, you know, go to the shops and he'll buy hundreds of dollars worth of meat, go to the local park, cook it, and then put it on Facebook that there's a free barbecue down at the pub. And his belief is that, well, why shouldn't I go to heaven? I'm a good person. You know, I, I do all this, you know, I, I you know, bless people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but that's not the point. The point is that you're not doing it in the right way. You're not, you know, he might say that, well, I may as well be called a Christian because I'm a good person. It's like, well, no, because you need to, it's that whole putting on of Jesus. It's that whole allowing him to be the Lord of your life that he will come in and, you know, rearrange everything and 
you get to be a part of his family. That is what it is. It's putting God first. It's putting Jesus on the throne of your life and doing what you do out of that love that he has died for our sins for, you know, for all of us. But for me, you know, that that um, living from that, that truth that he died for me and I still, you know, I still get goosebumps thinking about it that my whole life I was a non-Christian. I wasn't even interested in God and he made a way for me to get to know him mm. and that still blows my mind and so when we had that conversation with my dad I'm like you can be a good person all you like mm. yeah but it's Jesus yeah you got to put him in your life you got to you got to make him the king mm -hmm. and work from there definitely what's the thing uh, hey we like to have our idea that we're a good person because I do all these things I deserve but like by whose standard of good yeah. Yeah, no one is good. You know, the Bible tells us that, like, and we're trying to put our standard of good up, up next to a holy God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's like if we can if we were truly truthful and compared ourselves, like put ourselves up against the Ten Commandments, we'd all fail miserably. But no one <laughs> no one wants to to acknowledge that. Um, all right, so I think this scripture from Matthew 7 is really scary. Um, these are people who called themselves Christians. You know, they're saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name, in your name, you know. And he says to them, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You know, they claim to be followers of Christ, but Christ did not know them. How did Christ not know them? Because they were hearers of the word, not doers of the word. Right? So they did not actually apply the word of God to their life. So they did not do the will of their father. They didn't have a relationship with God. They thought they were doing good things, good works. But they were actually in rebellion because they weren't obeying the word of God. So I think that's a very scary scripture. And I just want to finish off our podcast with this quote from Derek Prince. And as you listen to it, I want you to think about the place the Word of God has in your life. All right, so from Derek Prince, it says, Your attitude towards God's Word is your attitude towards God himself. You do not love God more than you love his Word. You do not obey God more than you obey his Word. You do not honor God more than you honor his Word. You do not have more room in your heart and your life for God than you have for his Word. Do you want to know how much God means to you? Just ask yourself, how much does God's word mean to me? The answer to the second question is the answer also to the first. God means as much to you as his word means to you. Just that much and no more. All right, so we need to ask ourselves, how much does God's word mean to me? We want to encourage everyone who is listening to get into the Word of God for themselves. Get into it, read it, apply it to your life. Um, don't let a day go by, but just get into the Word. Start beginning to understand it and familiarize yourself with it and begin to apply it to your life. Alrighty, that's all from us. We hope you 
Um, I really get in a lot out of this podcast. And if you'd like to get into contact with us, you can get onto our website, www.life-house.net. And we'll see you next time.